You're about to listen to a message from the LifePoint Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart. <laughs> um, okay, all right. Hello, everyone. Good evening. How's everybody feeling today? Okay, so the reason why I'm asking all these sort of intro questions is because we're going to be talking quite a bit today. This is not your typical uh, pastor stand and preach and everybody listen type sermon. Like, we're going to be sharing with one another. So we got the food as a way of inducing conversation. So the hope is if your mouth is already moving with the donuts and the, you know, it will just move, you know, um, better. So if you didn't take one, I'm sorry. You can quickly go and grab one so that at least your, if your mouth is moving, you know. Um, but yeah, so let's just, let's take a quick second to just uh, pray and acknowledge God again. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to be in your presence. We do not take it lightly. Um, David said, I was glad when they said, let us go into the house of God. Lord, we come into your presence with gladness. We come to your courts with thanksgiving, into your house with praise. Lord, we ask that as we share from your word, that the entrance of your word, as we all speak, will bring light and understanding to us. And Lord, you will equip us for the work you've said for us, Lord. And Lord, as your word has said, we will go out into all the nations. We will preach and baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Lord, I ask that as we teach one another, Lord, that you will sharpen our hearts, that, Lord, you know, face to face, you know, we will see you clearly and we'll know what it is you want us to do in this season. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Ah, okay, no, come on, guys. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Awesome. Okay, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to grab one or two more mics so that we can make this process seamless. So, so this is why I was calling my brother because... I'm already used to sending him around. So, <laughs> so you will not have a problem with doing this. But Femi, can you help me? You say my, ah, right. And there he comes running. Okay. All right. Um, so, we've been talking about, uh, this has been our mission month, missions month. Um, and we've been talking about going out into the nations. Um, so, I guess my question to you guys is, how have you, how has that experience been for you in the last couple of weeks? Wait, let me do it like this. And, I'm, and I hate to put you on the spot. If this was a larger congregation, it would not be a problem. But okay, so how many people this month have spoken to one person about Jesus? One. Okay. What, yeah, I'm not raising up your hand because you don't like 12, I'll be. <laughs> one person about Jesus. Okay. So the question is, how was that experience? How was the experience? And... Yes, this is where the mic goes around. So, okay, who wants to share their experience talking to one person about? Let's start with Toby because I know Toby went to like Nasarawa or something to do. I okay. The experience. <laughs> um. Okay, one is it's always an encounter, right? And and. I get to see how useless I am. I know I'm using the word useless. <laughs> and I get to see, for example, I plan, I'll say this and I'll do that, and none of them works. And I just see how God just does his own stuff. And he just needed me to be present. So I get to see how useless I am in the whole plan. How useless? So basically, you go there with a plan, 
you start talking and you realize that, yeah, it's not really anything I'm saying that's working because God works independent of you almost. Anybody else want to share? Come on, guys. Anybody else? All ah, right, here we go, sir. Good evening. Good evening. The person I actually spoke with uh, is a believer. Uh, is of uh, it's one that demonstrates faith too. And uh, one thing I found out is basically is that you know whenever I'm talking to people, especially my friends in my industry, it's like I'm even encouraging myself more. Mm. Yeah, that's the way I actually say it. And uh, most of them get uh, get happy. And uh, there's this my colleague we always talk about. You know, most time we find ourselves in my office. Instead of talking about soccer or, or politics going on, I just tell them that, man, leave all these people. We are our own government, man. Hmm. Let us anchor our life and uh, all hope and everything unto God. He's the only one that is going to make things happen really for us. I think they get encouraged most time I discuss that with them. Awesome. We even go for, you know, deeper and deeper and, you know, chatting about the scriptures, some passages. Especially my favorite uh, passage that I actually, uh, that I actually saw uh, so many years uh, since I gave my life to Christ. Uh, Psalm 66, verse 10 to 12. Yeah, I use that passage a lot to talk to people that whatever challenges they're going through, just know that God is in the center of it. Mm. But the hand actually will justify the means, which I clearly said in verse 12 that you know, if after the encounter, I mean, they had all those encounters, this is what the hand is going to be like. Mm. Like my mom always say, uh, Lysia, I mean, there's a way they always say this thing. Uh, Without you going through all those tribulations, you cannot. Uh, <laughs> like you say you're wise and you don't go through life tribulations. How hmm. come? It's not possible. Praise God. Yeah. Thank you very much. That was that was really, really good. Anybody else want to share? Reme? No. That's how you say you're with your chest. No. Okay. All right. So here's what we're going to do. And I'm hoping that is the... Oh, there we go. Awesome. I love it. I love it, love it, love it, love it. Okay. Um, I'm all the bees. Wow. <laughs> so, um, she knows what I'm currently going through. Um, I've not been okay recently. And um, it's affecting my... It's affected my work. And um, in the midst of that, even in my doubts, my friend comes to me and um, is asking me about stuff related to faith and trusting God and all that. And I'm thinking that I'm going through stuff right now. I don't know what to say. I mean, you know what they say about um, the blind leading the blind or something right. like that. <laughs> But I started speaking to her, and um, she got encouraged. So I guess I want to thank God that broken crayons still color. Woo! Tell them, sir. Tell them. Tell them. Tell them. Tell them. Tell them. Please bring the microphone. She's going to share. She has a lot she wants to tell us. She was typing her God experience up. I'm ready for you. Imagine that. Tell them. We are here for you. Share it, hot, 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 hot. Oh, yeah, let's go. Let's go, hot, hot. This is how they typically start. So they, when they now start talking, they won't give up the mic. Oh, yeah, right for you. 
Refresh. Refresh my memory. I should refresh your memory. Ah, me. <laughs> so we're talking about your experience sharing about God in the past oh, okay, month. Okay. Um, so I have a friend that came back from, I don't want to call her IJGP, but... Overs. Uh, yes, and yeah. she came back feeling very weird and empty and I don't know. It was funny because last week, um, before I, le- I left church early, um, the preacher was talking about how we just need to get out there and do whatever we can, just speak. So I just called her randomly and I was just talking to her and I was just listening to everything she said and I just gave her like a few things that I went through and she was like, oh wow, that she didn't know I went through that and she and how am I still standing? And I just shared my story. And she was smiling and she's better now. So I guess. Awesome. So this is how you know she's not a pastor because let me tell you how a pastor will have phrased it. So you would have said, so the Lord spoke to me and gave me a word and said, send me to the nations. And I shared a revelation. Okay, but so here are a few things that I've just identified through a few of the stories is that there is a pandemic of darkness in the world. It's spreading at a rate of knots that we ourselves are sometimes not aware of. And the things that we see out there in the world are a reflection of the darkness that is spreading across the world. And I started asking myself, you know, what are some of the identifiers of this darkness that's in the world? And I'm, so I'm going to n- name a few things. And if you know or have seen or have encountered these things in the world, I want you to raise up your hand. So how many people have come in contact with hopelessness as they're speaking to people in the world? So it's just like me, BWS, and f- five other people. How many people have come in contact with people who have a lack of purpose? It's not even them. We, self, are having lack of purpose. Okay. How many people, we and them, are suffering from a lack of identity? How many people, and this this one is the kicker. She's just like, not me. (laughs) And this is the kicker. How many people have come in contact either with yourself or other people with loneliness or depression? As, and this auntie just like, all oh, you unbelievers. I don't know any of those things. Me and Jesus one-on-one. I'm joking. Don't mind me. But so those are some of, those are four of the key issues that I've noticed. It's hopelessness, lack of purpose, lack of identity, and it just a general feeling of loneliness. And here's the other thing I've noticed is, in speaking with them, you ask them, why are you depressed or why are you lonely? Just like, it's just how I feel. But the way we feel, these feelings that we see and we, hear, we have, are actually an expression. They are bricolored doing you. But it's just a reflection of the darkness in the world. Now, the question is, do you understand that this darkness is actually a sign that there is a harvest to be won? The Bible says, Behold, and I'm going to just read it, Isaiah 62, it says, Behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people. So, let me explain it to you this way. There is darkness that comes and covers the earth. Then out of that darkness, another deeper one now comes and covers the people. It says, but the Lord will arise over you and his glory will be seen upon you. So the point I'm trying to make is that in the middle of that darkness, there's actually a call to light. And that light, believe it or not, 
is you and I. So, this leads me to my next question. What is your response in the face of this darkness? And again, so Daniel, you help me take the mic around. Pastor Dami, who just came from the field, she went to the field to go and harvest souls. But what has your response been in the face of this darkness? Thank God for you, Ma. It's a privilege. Please, can you come again? <laughs> I said, what is your response to the darkness you see in the world? I guess my, my response is um, would be God. You know, God as my anchor and um, as the light, you know, to shine through the darkness. That's all. Right. Okay. That was the pastor, the KJV version. Give me the passion version, the English one, the one that me I understand. Well, okay, let me put it this way. When you, when you, okay, so we talked about, we said darkness is highlighted by four things. When you meet somebody who has a lack of identity or a lack of purpose, or who is hopeless or depressed, or who is losing their sense of purpose, what do you do? I come to you and I say, Dami, Dami, I'm so hopeless right now. What is your response to me? Okay. <clears throat> so my response would be, okay, I've been there. Right, mm. and then I would share my experience. Mm. You know what that time was like, and how I was able to get through that to where I am, or maybe I'm still in the process of getting through that. And then we can just work together. You know, two hopeless people <laughs> trying to find hope. Right, and and then if it's loneliness, then we are now two. So the person is no longer, you know, lonely. So you want to go out with me? We have a company. Right? There we go. So yes. Awesome. Reme wants to share. Okay, so for me, it's not what I say to other people. It's what I say to myself. Tell them. And it's a picture I saw like a long time ago. It's, it's cliche, but it's what works for me. It says, um, if I've hit rock bottom, it's then I realized that God is the rock at the bottom. Mm. And that is essentially what I tell myself every time I feel really down. I tell myself that this is it, like, this is the bottom of the bottom. And I feel like for my mind not to have crumbled or my, for my mind not to have fractured and for me not to get myself back together, God is essentially that rock that is still, that I'm still even standing on and I can still breathe. So God is that rock there where I am. And if I'm not even feeling rock bottom, I still tell myself, if I've lost everything, the only thing I can do is God. Because then when I lose him, there's no coming back. Mm. And I don't think I want to go down that rabbit hole where it will take me two, five years to come out of. So I tell myself, just give yourself sense that, you know, even if you're not at the rock bottom where, you know, God is actually still holding you, wherever you are, whatever state or being you're in, God is still the reason why you're still there. So don't just let yourself go down that hole and feel hopeless. Mm. God is essentially still that. So I see it as God is still that thread. He's still that slim thread that has not 
How many people have seen Hercules, that cartoon? You know how that <laughs> last drop of immortality that was still in him that made him so strong? Hmm. That is essentially how I see myself when everything is just down. I just see God as still that one-line thread that has not snapped. Hmm. And I tell myself that thing must not snap. And then tell I make him. it tighter and then tell I move him. on. Tell them, tell them, tell them. All right. So we're, we're pointing out a few things. Okay, so let's do someone and then we'll do... Hi everyone. Um, so I realize in moments like that, the question is, um, what, what do, do I say? Think, yeah. I mean, like when people that are probably depressed, or okay, just to clarify that, um, I think, <laughs> I think, relatively, I have a decent amount of experience in my life, right? And I say that carefully because most time when people come to me about stuff, I almost always have something to be able to relate with them from, mm. and that's always my starting point. Um, about depression, believe me, I've, I've been through my, I've been through my phase of depression, and what happens is I realize when I go to those places, I tend to feel more compassion for the person, and rather than just telling the person that God is good, rather than just blab stuff that just very theoretical, you tend to listen more to the person, right? And yeah, so that that's sort of like always awesome. Me, yeah. Awesome take the last one and it's weird because you guys are like reading my notes which is good because it means that I don't have to really teach the rest of the message which is awesome oh ah nice okay and then we'll do so. Woo-hoo-hoo. my name is Jumoke <laughs> I'm here to share my God experience love you. We love you. Come on now. We love you. So, so I'm that friend that everybody comes to when they have issues. And I always have what to say. I always have what to say. I know, I know there's God. I know he's there for everybody. you're going through and somebody just talks to you about it and you just tell the person oh wow God is this is timing everything is planning is planning is planning our plan and not the same thing and everything I've gone quiet on God for let's say a month when um, I don't know when somebody someone was up there singing and I was just telling God, I'm sorry for going quiet. Even when I was quiet on you, you're still my friend. And I don't know. I don't know what maybe. It's just a lot. And it will be fine. There might be somebody here going through anything that is overwhelming. You'll be fine. Definitely. God is there. Yeah, thank you. So, can we, can we just do something very spontaneous and, um, and sing with her? Sing for her? Your love is kind. 
Your love is patient. You fill my heart with so much peace and joy. You're amazing. You make my life feel brand new. Jesus, you're amazing. You make my life feel Jesus, you love me too much, oh, too much, too much, oh, excess love. Oh, Jesus, you love her too much, oh, too much, too much, oh, excess love. So we sing, thank you for loving her too much. Oh, too much. Oh, thank you for loving her too much. One more time, thank you for loving her too much. Oh, thank you for loving But that's the love of God in a nutshell. Um, and that, that should be our response, really. That should be our response. We've tasted and seen the love of God. We've encountered the love of God. We, we know what it looks like. And so God's response to us in a world full of darkness is, is share, share my love, share my truth. Share it with them. Let them know. Let them know. Let them hear. Let them feel. Let them taste the love of God. And that, that has multiple expressions. There are different ways that we can do it. Um, and so what I'm just going to do over the next few minutes is, is speak to some specific ways that you and I can share that love. So we talked about a few things. We said the world is experiencing a deluge of hopelessness you know, a deluge of lack of identity, a lack of purpose, and depression and loneliness. But God has given us some tools, some key infrastructure that we can use to address those problems. And one of those things is what she just did now, is speak. Look, you don't know the power of the words you have until somebody actually comes back to you. and You know that thing you said? It changed my life forever. But what happens with a lot of us is that we are so aware of our inadequacies that we feel like, look, there's nothing I can say that would change this person's life. And so God's instruction to you today is talk. Let me tell you what tends to happen. Because we grew up, a lot of us grew up in Nigerian households. I, I grew up in a Nigerian household. The, the thing is, when you are used to talking, talking, your family, fam, hand over your mouth, you know, they used to say, hold your lips. 
And me, God blessed me with an abundance of lips. So it was very easy to hold. But the problem with that is that you grow up with that, holding your lips, holding your lips. You start to feel like, you know what, I don't have the ability to speak. But speaking, so speak, talk, let them know. The other thing that Sam talked about is um, compassion. And when we talk about compassion, we often think about it as like, oh, you know, um, sympathy. You know, I feel for this person. I know what they're going through, so I, I can identify with it. But here's the, here's the kicker. Um, identifying with somebody is like when Dami was talking and when Sam was talking about depression, you know, identifying with it is all well and good. But you need to realize that you have the power to change what is going on in that person's life. What tends to happen is we identify with the sadness, we identify and we do that. I'll say to you, but that's, oh, umashe, you know, um, you know, oh. But there's more to it than that. Sympathy identifies with where you currently are. Compassion calls you out of that and gives you a new identity. So I want you to remember that as you move, we are not moved by sympathy. We are moved with compassion. So you read it in the Bible where Jesus is with, you know, a multitude of people and they don't have food. Sympathy says, oh, you guys don't have food. Oh, I'm so sorry. Compassion says, okay, you guys don't have food. I'm going to do something about it. And Jesus being moved with compassion will now say, Father, I thank you that you hear me always. And then multiply bread and fish for all man. I'll give another example. There's a guy who in the Bible was born blind. And he used to sit by the roadside. And people around had seen him. And they had sympathy on him. And in their sympathy, you know what they called him? Blind Bartimaeus. Because he's blind. It's like, ah, he's so blind. And they had tagged him with that name, Blind Bartimaeus. But Jesus was moved with compassion and changed his name from blind Bartimaeus to seeing Bartimaeus. Compassion moved him to do something about it. You know, the prodigal son is another example. In He's done all these things. He's, you know, wasted his father's money and everything. A lot of us would see him and, you know, he would tell us his story about how, oh, you know, I wasted my father. And we say, ah, but God still loves you. But compassion that his father had for him moved him to bring a fatted calf, bring clothes, bring sandals, bring, you know, a ring, put all of that on him and restore him to the state that he was in before he fell. That is our mandate today. Not only do we speak words into people's lives, we have a mandate to restore them back to their original identity. So if you remember, we talked about four things. Hopelessness, and we said that the antidote to that is speaking the word of God. So a dream into their life. Let me tell you why a lot of people are, have no hope. They've lost their ability to dream. And when you can't dream, it's like, so then what am I here for? 
But a dream in a person's heart will always propel them with hope. So speak a dream into that person's life. Tell them, look, don't just do the cliche stuff. Oh, you know, do you know you've been made for greatness? That's all well and good. But speak a specific dream into their life. Give them the ability to dream again. And then be moved with compassion. Do something to actually restore them from their state of brokenness. And that can be something as simple as, oh, you know what, let's go to lunch. And then you go to lunch and you bring six of your other friends with you and you guys have a fun, fun time. That experience of hope, that experience of, you know, love will go a much further away than just preaching to them or telling them about Jesus. Do something to restore their dignity. Do something to restore their sense of pride, their sense of wellness, their sense of, you know, community. Right. So, as we start to wrap, let me ask a few questions. Why are we not willing to do more? to be more, to speak more about the love of God. And this is not a, this is, I want like real answers. Why are you so scared to share the love of God that you have? Anybody want to try? Or I'll just start calling names, the people I know. There we go. Daniel, hey. Okay. Thank you, sir. Oh, sorry. Press the button. Okay. Um, I think it changes the people we think it changes people's perception about us so like ah. i'm like hesitant to tell people oh by the grace of god it's a, and i just end up saying <laughs> good luck because i'm afraid that oh this what they'll think i'm too spiritual or too godly i don't know the word they use mm-hmm. now but you understand like so like when we meet people and we know what to say but we just stay we like hesitate to say what we have to, or we think we should say because we're like oh this person might perceive me as this type of person and it's not a problem but like the way the society is today nobody wants to be on that side but uh, yeah that's what I think nobody wants to be that hyper spiritual person okay anybody else wanna what is stopping you from sharing more about the love of God um, and being a voice lots of people are afraid of rejection mm. so when you go and then you tell oh um you want to like in deep inside you you want to talk to somebody about god but then you just get shut down so it's like okay i don't want to get shut down today you know i'm not trying to carry i'm not trying to get blanked exactly i'm not trying to carry my heavy face on this so people just like, okay instead of you know, risking getting shut down. Like you don't, you might not necessarily be sh- shut down actually. So, mm. the person, but you don't know that because you don't want to try. You're not going to try because you're like, okay, this person's face is not welcoming at all. <laughs> Let me not even try and go there. And me personally, it happens a lot with me. Like I look at somebody's, um, I will look at your face, I look at your mannerism, your approach, and I'll be like, okay, no, not today. And then I just, and maybe not tomorrow, yeah, self. And then I was like, okay, I'll Catch do it you tomorrow. Wednesday. I'll do it tomorrow. And then it becomes, you know, procrastination. And then next thing you hear, oh, so, 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 so happened to this person. And then it now turns to regret. And then mm. you're not, you're like, okay, I had the chance, but then I couldn't just because I was afraid of getting, you know, shut down or rejected. And then, yeah. Okay. So, so 
let, let's let's try and address these two very quickly. What what should our response be? One, when you feel like people reject you, or two, when you feel like people think, "Oh, more, this pastor has come to come out." What 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 is our response in those types of situations? Oh, Pastor B. Hi, everyone. Um, this might sound a bit controversial, but yeah, first things first. I am not God's PR agent. <laughs> yeah. He's, I think I was saying that to someone yesterday. God is a big boy. He can handle himself all by himself. So sometimes I find that we as Christians, we're a bit desperate. We want to get a conversion. We want to get um, acceptance and we want that conversation. Just so, sometimes I also, and I speak from experience, um, there's an element of pride in there. You want to be able to go tell someone that, oh, I spoke to someone and the person just gave their life to down. Jesus. Hallelujah. As I was talking, as, in fact, the words were barely out of my mouth. The person was slain in the spirit, <laughs> you know. We want to be able to pride and just feel like we've achieved something. Meanwhile, God has other plans. Um, I have learned over time to recognize that my work is very simple. Get there, speak the word only. Mm. You know, in fact, the conversation is more me listening than me saying much. Mm. And I end with a prayer. And I find that the prayer just changes everything. But in that situation where it feels like the person has outrightly said you no know to me, uh, well, thank you very much for your time. I move on knowing that if indeed um, that person is yet to meet, meet with God, you know, uh, the seed of the word has been sown. And I, yeah. my responsibility is just to go and continue to pray for that, you know, for such a one. If it's someone that I have a relationship with, if somebody I don't know, well, before I sleep that day, I put, commit everybody that I've encountered mm. or engaged with to God's hands and just trust that he will do what he will do in their lives. Amen. 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 Awesome. Thank you, Pastor B. So I guess the point that she's, she was making is this. Please, can you help me give her the microphone? Wait, do you want to speak? You wanted to speak. She wanted to speak. But the point that Peter West is making here is that it doesn't matter whether or not they will perceive you as hyper-spiritual or whether or not they will reject you. Let me put it this way. The words that you speak are seeds and water. Just put it there. There are times when you throw a seed into the ground and you walk away from it. And by itself, like she was saying, God is a big boy. By himself, he will make that thing germinate. You don't have to do anything about it. So just speak. Just speak. Say it however it comes to you. Share it however you feel. Say it. Whatever it is you say, God is the one who has the responsibility of making sure that what you said bears fruit. Okay? Alright. Okay, um, so for me, I think I just feel judged. Like I've judged myself for talking to someone. Sorry, I can yeah. You, you might need to just hold it closer to you. Okay, so I said, for me, I think I just feel judged. Um, I judge myself for talking to someone, so I just feel like I don't think I'm living the kind of life that, you know, I get to preach to somebody because I know I do some things that, you know, I know, like, you know, proper Christian ways, and then when I go and preach something like, oh, you, what are you talking about? And then it just feels funny, and then I laugh it off. But then that's why I just, like, sort of right okay so question how do I address that how do we address that what do you do when you you want you're supposed to go and tell people about God but you're just like mm, but me 
I'm only human after all. What do you do in those types of situations? Ah, Pastor Fem. You're only human, but... Okay, um, I think um, the, mom uh, 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 the moment we realize that um, we are meant to let go of our imperfections. You know, when you're insecure about... Um, you're, when we become insecure about our imperfections, it's like a stumbling block. Because through our imperfections, God is wanting to do something to somebody who's in a family estate. So uh, the moment you let go, you learn how to let go of your imperfections. And that thing like, I don't want to get exposed. You understand? Like, okay, this person is looking at me like, okay, I've seen you here before. I've seen you do this before. Uh, Metro at the club. Yeah, you get. <laughs> and the moment you don't want to like, okay, get that exposed. It's, it becomes a problem. So the first thing is to realize that while God is using us to reach out to other people, he's also, he's also reaching out to us too. Mm. So it's like um, something you call like osmosis, like in science, like you are reaching out. Something is also flowing back from a region of higher concentration. <laughs> I think I'm not yet there. Like... Mm. This thing I'm trying to tell this person that it's not really good, I still struggle with it. But the moment I learn to like, okay, tell the person like, for instance, I tell the person, see, me too, I do these things. But you see, God is helping me. At that moment, God picks it up and you, you are not in control any longer and you gain more strength. That's what I think. Like. Awesome, awesome. But you guys realize that nobody, like it was not a pastor who came and evangelized to you. Like, the, a lot of the people who have met God did not meet God through some perfect... As a matter of fact, nobody is perfect. So, like, why do you feel like your own level of imperfection is so much more than another person's? So that's... It, you need to, that needs to be something that we keep in our minds. And like he said, every encounter with somebody talking to them about the love of God is not just an encounter for them, it's an encounter for you as well. Because if you tell them about God and they meet God, they will meet God in a way that you may not have met God before. I've had that kind of experience where I tell somebody about God, the person is so moved by what I've said. As even me, I'm just like, ah, wait, you mean me? A mini con? Like, what did I say? I just said X, Y, Z. And this person is having an ABC experience. So don't be so aware of your own shortcomings that you fail to realize that this is an encounter for both of you. As you're sharing about God, and they are learning about God. You're also learning about God in a new and refreshing way. So yeah, who was going next? Damn. I think the other brother said some of the points I want to highlight. This brother, yeah. his name is Femo. Yeah. You know, like uh, I have some friends that you know we've really done stuff growing up, and uh, up to this stage when we started making money. So I still find it very difficult to approach them. But those guys, oh. They are real pain in the blah blah blah. You know, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but um, so many times when we used to share uh, apartment, then the label me always oh, one that does that pray too much, and uh, after prayer you go back and just start sleeping like us and all that. But uh, when I talk to God about it, some those days uh, I say I believe that the encounter I had. That uh, I got to build this one-on-one -on -one and not like saying God, like, oh, he's here. Mm. You know, uh, just like Pastor Chris used to teach us those days then. 
that we should build personal relationship. How we yeah. can talk to, and how do we do that? Is by embracing the Holy Spirit. You know, I know that you are going to have that kind of encounter, and you already said something again that oh, um, the the way the encounter will come is so much more hmm. bigger than the way you got. Uh, I personally had my encounter. I still have them. We still talk, gist and all that. Yeah. But I don't know. I can't comfort and start talking to about it because. Naturally, all of them know that there is a God. There's this person making things happen to them. I mean, for them. But for them, just they, I mean, they still have this understanding. Like uh, the people coming to preach to me, sometimes if, you know, uh, complex hmm. affected me growing up as a new believer. Then um, I won't say because uh, maybe they have so much money and all that. Because so, so many people, even in our in our neighborhood, you know, before you go meet them and talk to them, they were just like. You want God to help me? I mean, you want to preach the gospel to me when I can't even see the evidence of something, I mean, of that God you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, those, I mean, stuff like that do happen that uh, make people feel discouraged of going. But I find joy talking to uh, youngsters, maybe people in the mid-20s. You, know, you say youngsters. Wow. Yeah, wow. yeah, below 30s. I'm actually feeling like a youngster right now. I made them understand, I made them understand that uh, whatever they're doing now, that I've done crazier things than mm-hmm. that. So it was very easy for me because I learned to bring myself down to Jaleb. I sit down, sometimes I park my car. I don't, sometimes I, park, I spend one and a half hour, two hours, and I don't feel anything. Because I know that if not for the grace of God, absolutely, not, I mean, absolutely, that, that shouldn't be, that wouldn't have been a difference between us. Yes, sir. So that's just my awesome. So as I'm going to take one more. Oh, Pastor B, yes, please, Pastor B. Okay. Um. Hmm. So I'll say that my unfaithfulness or my imperfections do not change God's faithfulness or the fact that he's perfect through and through. Um, I know that the enemy's plan oftentimes, not in fact all the time, is to keep us just subsumed in this perpetual state of guilt and condemnation because he knows that when we're in that state, we are useless to ourselves and to God. But God keeps defying that. Hence why someone who feels like, oh, they just maybe had sex, uh, you know, the night before, get to work and a friend then comes to them, bawling their eyes out and asking for help and and counsel and guidance. And here you are still dealing with the, the guilt and the shame of what happened last night, you know. And here is God bringing someone your way. And you're supposed to, so what do we do in that instance? Say to the person, you know what? I can't have this conversation with you right now because, hey, I'm no better than you are. No. While God and I are still fixing our issues, because he knows, even before I went down that road, he he already knew. It is important that we do what he has given us opportunity to do. And we're not speaking from a place of righteousness. And that's the thing. Uh, for so long in my life, I thought it was about my works. I was trying to earn, you know, God's love and earn um, that right standing with Him. But it's not about the things that I do or do not do. His love is perfect. He loves me on the days that I am high. He loves me on the day, on my low days, or my lowest days, you know. And we, as God's children, we can't afford to keep giving the enemy that power. Yes, 
it is important that we address those areas in our lives where we feel like we're falling short, you know, where we need him to just sort us out and fix us in those seemingly little foxes that keep putting us in that state. But that doesn't change who he is. And we focus, we operate. Our spiritual MO is based on who he is. Because out of who he is, is where we find our own, you know, identity and fulfillment. So I think to address that, simply put, is just anchor on who you are in Christ. Function from that place. It will help a great deal. And I just wanted to share a story <laughs> very quickly. I know that we have... Um, a couple more. I'm loving today's service, by the way. Thank you very much, Pastor Dimiladi. Sorry. <laughs> we were sharing the mic. <laughs> Bear with us. So I remember several years back. Now, background, I've shared my God experience a few times here. Um, that's in church, morning service. But just in case, there's people in the room who may never have heard my God experience. Uh, you look at me today, BWS, Pastor, yada, yada, yada. Um... I knew God from a very early age, in my teenage years, was when I completely surrendered to him. Um, I was a pastor from a young age. I was pastoring in my campus fellowship and all of that stuff. However, I got to a phase in my life, I think it was during NYSC, where um, I was emotionally broken. Now, depression, the word depression, we didn't used to throw it around then. We just thought we were really just sad, sad and lonely, like severely sad. I didn't know the word for it then was depression. Um, sorry, let me just hand. Okay, so um, at some point, uh, I was having major boy drama, man issues. Um, because I was the one everybody came to, and which is why I can relate with um, what Jumoke shared earlier with us. Thank you so much for sharing and just being vulnerable with us. I was one everybody came to counsel law amongst my friends and all of that stuff. Um, yeah, there was nobody I could go to or I thought there was nobody I could confide in to say, man, I'm falling deep down this hole and all that. Anyway, fast forward, I got involved with someone that I typically would not have uh, because he came packaged with everything that I thought I was lacking. Yeah, but he was a married man. He was a married man. I. I dated him for quite a bit and all of that stuff. Fast forward, there was a, some drama in there, but a couple years down the line, um, I then, of course, I had made my peace with God. I was in a relationship now with my, my husband. I was going to say my current husband. I don't know why I keep doing that. But my husband, you know, we had started dating then. And so we had had this whole dramatic episode because I'd known my husband We've been friends for like, when I was, I think I met my husband when I was 16 or so. So anyway, we've been buddies, we've been friends for a long while and all. Um, so I told him about this guy. There was a lot of drama, a lot of, you know, whatever, whatever there. But guess what, guys? So one day we go to the cinema and some guys, kind of like the way Mr. Roland said, he has a lot of all these younger people, young boys that are looking up to him and are his friends. So they stopped my husband, they say hi to my husband and I. We weren't married at this time, we're just dating. And they say hi to him. I just walk forward and the engagement and notice that they were there for a while talking. Anyway, by the time he then came back to me, guess what he said? So those guys were asking who you were and what he was doing with me. 
That's what he told me. And so I said to him, what did he say? He said, oh, he told them that that's the person I'm getting married to. And they were like, no, you shouldn't because we know her. So apparently, you know how these people know you, but you don't, they, you don't know they know you. Yes. And I served in a very small town, so everybody knew everybody. And the person I served, <laughs> uh, sorry, the person I dated then was very popular in the town, in the city. So everybody knew. So those kind of people that every weekend features in city people type nonsense. So they then said to, to my husband that that girl, she ain't wife material. Don't have anything to do with her and all. Now, I've shared that story. Of course, my husband didn't listen. Amen. We're married and we've been married for almost 10 years. Praise God. But I've shared that story just to let us know that. What if I had gone to those guys to say, give your heart to Jesus? You know, what if the conversation was me stepping up to them to say, oh, so I know someone is going to change your life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The way he changed mine. There's a high likelihood they would not have listened. And so how, how would I? In fact, they could have thrown it at my face. You. That we used to see in this, okay, the guy used to use a gold Mercedes convertible. So, yeah, so it was, you cannot even afford to not notice it. Exactly. And I was always in the passenger seat. So they knew me with the car. So imagine I had said that to him, to them, oh, give your heart to Jesus. And they're like, you, of all people, you know, the Mary Magdalene moment or the Samaritan woman type moment. So there's only so much you can do in terms of trying to fix a reputation that people perceive and people will judge they will say all sorts oh you were at the club last week how did you change what happened our responsibility is to show them the light and to keep telling them jesus did it say fini yeah awesome 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 ah okay adi sorry it's because it's my brother i have to i have to love sorry because i have a question for yeah. both you and my pastor so in our generation, right, there is a lot of, um, I don't want to say spiritual pride, but a lot of people in our generation feel like you must have had some kind of vision or some kind of encounter, or you must have fasted and prayed seven times, or you must, you know, you must have be one spiritual guru to be able to actually do certain things. Now, for people who, let me say, for those of us who haven't yet gone seven days dry fasting or we've not yet seen Jesus in the vision or have one prophetic word that's you know how do we then go out and do what we're being asked to do because it's almost as if we don't have the backing of the, the Holy Spirit that you have is the same Holy Spirit that I have is the same Holy Spirit that this Pastor Godman has the same one and now I want to be clear as you walk with him as you develop a relationship with him he will find ways to strengthen your boldness and strengthen your ability to do things. But to say that the one that me I have is any less than the one that he has is a lie. And that is, you know what he needs? Somebody who's willing. That is, the, the criteria is that simple. Be willing. And let me tell you, I mean, I, I could give you story after story. But we are well aware of the fact that we are inadequate. But God says, give me 0.001 and I will make it 100. So your awareness of your 0.001 is all well and good. But God is asking me, my son, will you give me this? And 
he's essentially saying to you, look, I have a, I don't want to say a friend, but I have the Holy Spirit. And he is the one who will make a hundred out of your 0.00001. So how willing are you? What happens with a lot of us is we are so unaware of the Holy Spirit. We are so unwilling to let the Holy Spirit work that we're just like, look, oh, this is my little I'm not giving you because you can't do much with it. My, 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 my admonishment to you today is be more aware of the Holy Spirit. Be more aware of the Holy Spirit. He's the one who empowers. He will sometimes he'll give you a specific instruction. He'll say, you know what? Go and, uh, and I mean, we often think that oh, the way to go and share people is to go to them and say, oh, hi, my name is Dimladi um, and I'm here to tell you about Jesus. He, sometimes the Holy Spirit will give you an, another instruction. Just go and say hello to them. Say hi and tell them, oh, have you watched Avengers? I don't know. King of Boys. And as you're talking to the person about King of Boys, something will come up in the conversation that will be the segue to have that conversation about God. The Holy Spirit will say, hi, tell the person or walk up to the person and just say, oh, you look nice today. He'll give you specific instructions. You smell nice. Um, that's a pickup kind of stuff. <laughs> when it's not running away from you. <laughs> but so here's the thing. He'll tell you where to go. And sometimes he'll tell you where not to go. And if you've not developed a, just a willing... And I want to be clear because when I start saying things, when you hear pastors say things that old sensitivity, it's not really... It's not supposed to be some complex thing. It's just a, Lord, will you help me here? Holy Spirit, talk to me. Holy Spirit, lead me. It doesn't have to be a, a convoluted prayer. Just say it under your breath. Holy Spirit, help me. And he was... He will say things to you. And again, I want to be clear. The, he will say things to you. He won't, doesn't actually come and say, Femi, my son, thou shalt walk four kilometers. No, he will just say, talk to her. It will, as a matter of fact, the Holy Spirit speaks to us through our own voice in our head. So don't discount the voice in your head that's talking to you. And that's why I said, if you grow up in a Nigeria, in a Nigeria household, they will have told you Femi so many times that you know how to shut up your own voice and then the voice in your head too. You know how to keep it quiet. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you in your own voice. And like we were saying, don't be scared of the fact that you might get rejected. A seed thrown into the soil, just all willy-nilly, will still germinate if it meets the right, the right requirements. If it comes in contact, with, the Bible even says this, it says, you know, a, a, a tree that is cut off from the root at the scent of water will start to revive again. You might just be that little scent of water. Just want you've seen it in the movies now. You know the uh, the babies. You know they broken up. She's crying. Then she just cries one little solo tear, and the tear drops on the floor. And all of a sudden, everything just comes. We've seen you know, but that's really what it is. It might just be a scent of water that causes the breakthrough in that person's life. And again, the Holy Spirit is even the one who does the work of conviction. So sometimes we feel like it's our role to come and preach to them and say, "You are a sinner." You sing. But in your just sharing with them, the Holy Spirit can start to do a work of conviction in their lives that you yourself are not aware of. So my point again is talk, share, speak. Let the Holy Spirit use you. The Holy Spirit will give you speech sometimes. He will tell you what to say. And I like what Mr. Roland said. I like to talk to, to the, the youth. You know. But the truth about it is some of us 
I'm going to talk, for Labi likes to feel like he's Gen Z. Me, I, I know I'm not Gen Z. I'm a millennial and I'm loving it. Sometimes when you want to go and talk to them and you see them in their big trainers, you know, the trainers that is like four feet high, then the trousers is, is wide, you know. And I'm just like, I have no way of identifying with this person because I'm coming in my normal skinny, in my normal jeans with trainers and eh, you teach me. But that's, but you sometimes the Holy Spirit will give you speech. Sometimes the Holy Spirit will tell you what to do. He will give you the, he will tell you what to say. Um, I don't remember who it was. Okay, Pastor Akindide that was preaching this morning. He was using slang. He was saying clicks and um, the in thing. I, I said, Kai, we've not said in thing since like 1995. <laughs> but you never know. It might be something you see on Instagram that just comes to your mind and you're like, oh, let me say this or let me show them this or let me speak to them with this. And that is what brings the the the, the, the familiarity with that person that allows, allows you to now have a conversation. So the point I'm trying to make here is this. The Holy Spirit gives you the power, the inspiration, the skill to be able to speak to people. And for those of you who are saying, I don't know how to say it, Paul was able to speak to both Jew and Gentile. The same person. As a matter of fact, you would have, you, I imagine he would have been scared to speak to the Gentiles because just like not too long ago, I was, I was killing these guys. Understand this, and this is the final point I want to make. Authenticity is the most important thing. Look, Yorubas will say this way. They say, if anyone, like your character is like smoke, you can't hold it. If you come to somebody with fakeness, they can smell it a mile away. You come to them with your little Bible under your armpits, you know, and you're walking with that pastor gates and you just, you know, bless you. Just bless you, bless you. They can smell it a mile away. And to her experience, if, like Peter was saying as well, if you come to them with the truth of who you are and you let them know that, look, I'm a work in progress, people can identify more with a work in progress than with the finished material. So let them know. See, eh, this prayer stuff I'm telling you about, I'm currently telling you to pray, but there are days that me I wake up in the morning and I'm just like, yeah, Jesus, you'll be all right. I will jam you a little later in the day. Right now, a mom will sleep. But if I don't share the authenticity of that experience with you, you would think, ah, they not bishop, man of God. I'm more, that man of God, you know, they click some days. Oh. But it is from that place of authenticity that people can start to identify. I feel like God even wants you to let them know just how broken you are so that they know how much of a healer he is. So share your brokenness. Share your brokenness. How many people have been blessed by the message today? It was not really a message we shared with one another. All right, so let us just pray. Now, we've talked about a few things. About the fact that the world is full of hopelessness, lack of purpose, lack of identity. About how we are struggling with all these things as well but that God wants to use our brokenness to change the world. So today I want you to present that brokenness to God. And your prayer today is not, Lord, heal my brokenness. Because I know that that's the prayer we pray all the time. That's not the prayer we're praying today. Think about that brokenness, what it looks like. You know, Lord, I don't get up early in the morning enough to pray. I'm not always reading your word. I'm not always, you know, doing what you've asked me to do. I want you to frame it in your mind. What your brokenness looks like. 
And then I want you to now start to tell God, God, this brokenness that I have, I'm going to use it as a tool to share who you are. I'm going to use it as a tool to let the world know who you are. I will not be so aware of my brokenness that I forget who you are, the healer, who you are, the one who restores. I will go to the world with this brokenness and I will let them know that you are the one who is healing me day by day. So start to ask God, say, God, give me the words to speak. Say it to him in your own words. God, let me have, put words in my mouth. Give me fresh experiences with you. Things that I can share, stories that I can tell people. The last thing I want is to go and meet people and not have a story to share. Lord, let me be a walking story. Let me be able to tell people about that time you provided for me when I was broke. Or that time when I was dealing with, you know, heartbreak and you are the one who healed me. You know, that time where I was lonely and you just came into my room and filled the room with a fresh experience of you. You know, that time where I was looking for an, for a word from you and you gave me a song. Or that time where I was dry and just empty and I came to church and Falabi sang, let me have an experience I can share. Because a man with an experience is a real testimony. God, give me an experience with you. Please pray this prayer with, with honesty and authenticity. I want to be a story to the world. I want to be a story to the world. I want to be a story to the world. I want to be a song that the world hears. I want to be a testimony that the world listens to. Don't pray it like your traditional prayer. Talk to the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, will you not help me? Will you not touch my heart? Will you not? If you don't touch my heart, how will I tell people who you are? If you don't heal me, how will I tell people of your healing power? If you don't give me a story to tell, how will, they, how will I go out to the nations? Lord, make me a story. Give me a story. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we thank you because you are rewriting our lives. You are rewriting our stories. And so, Lord, we open up our hearts to you today and we say, Lord, take the pen and just write in our hearts a new story, a fresh experience with you that we will be able to share with the world, something that tells the world who we are because of you. So Lord, today again, we present our weaknesses, we present our inadequacies, we present our inability to speak, the fear we have in our hearts. We put it out there on the table. And we say, Holy Spirit, use it however you will. We don't just want to give you the good stuff, we give you the bad stuff as well. Use it for your glory. Let it be a story that we can tell. Let it create an experience that points to you. Holy Spirit, we are your vessels. We are pens in your hand. 
help us to write experiences that point to you. We thank you, Lord. Use us, use us, Lord. Use us, we are yours. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we have prayed. In Jesus' name we have prayed. How many people enjoyed the service today? All right. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for listening to a message from the LifePoint Church. To download more free messages, please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash LifePointNG.